Ridge Honor Nation, welcome back to another episode of Ridge Honors Live. On this episode, we sit down with the second place finisher of the 2021 JFK 50 mile race, Sarah Beal. Sarah finished in six hours, 22 minutes, and three seconds, just three and a half minutes behind first place. She ran the fourth fastest time in JFK 50 mile history with this performance, and that's 59 years of history that we're talking about with this race. Uh, it was awesome to hear Sarah recap her race. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Yo, what is crack a lack? And welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Tonight we are joined by the second place finisher of the JFK 50 miler, who ran a blistering time of six hours, 22 minutes on that course. Her time was the fourth fastest time in JFK history, and that's 59 years of history for those keeping track at home. Uh, coming to us all the way from Columbus, Ohio, Sarah Beal, what's going on? Not much. Just hanging out with Jackson. We're super excited that you're back on the, the show uh, with us, and we're super excited Jackson is also making a second appearance uh, on Ridge Hunters Live. So uh, big shout out to Jackson as well for joining us. He's excited to be here, as you can tell. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, my name is Wesley Harton, and joining me tonight is the bearded wonder himself, Nick Voss. How's it going? We're doing good. We're doing good. You know, just the week after Turkey Day, so just trying to, uh, I guess, get moving again. Yeah, aren't, aren't we all? And let's let's just kind of start off by you know getting moving a little bit by talking about what is everyone drinking tonight? Sarah, you go first. Um, I'm keeping it pretty classic and with the Mystic Mama from Athens. That's a great choice, and I think we almost could have a tally on how many times you've actually had that on the show as well. I think it's almost <laughs> probably been every single time. Yeah, I think you guess at this point. <laughs> Which is awesome, you know. Maybe they should sponsor you. Uh, you know, we'll kind of continue to poke and prod uh, as we will. Nick, what are you drinking? Um, I've got a uh, root beer float milk stout here. This is from uh, Weldworks Brewing Company, um, just up north, kind of near Fort Collins, Colorado. That's awesome. And I've got the Uenta Brewing Company Trader IPA tonight. So uh, another good one to dive into. Uh, let's just start things off, you know, with how we normally uh, go into it. You know, uh, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we have a Strava club as well, filled with so many incredible runners like Sarah herself. Uh, but Sarah, you know, I want to start off before we dive too deep into JFK this year. Uh, I want to talk about why you chose to run this race for a second time. What was the appeal to come back to this historic race? Um, well... Uh, last year, it's a lot of things, really. Last year, it was my first ever ultra. So it was almost like my year anniversary with ultra running. So I, I had to come back. And um, that and last year I got lost. Uh, so I, I just had to come back and see what I could actually do if I you know, took a right instead of a left. And um, that and this race is awesome because you get like it's almost three different um sections and like you get the best of three different worlds you get the trail you get that flat almost like marathon uh feel and then you get those hilly back roads that i almost grew up um like starting running on so it's just i love the layout of the race in general definitely Let, let's back up though one year of ultra running it, i think it's easy for a lot of us to forget you know especially sarah because you've run you know several ultras now at this point but it's only been a year 
Yeah, it, it feels like it's been longer because I have done more. And I mean, I know that ultra running is, is different, but at the same time, like I've been running for so long that it was almost just like a, it was almost like not the same thing, but you know, when you jump to the marathon distance, just like this was a lot more than that. Yeah, and kind of talk about, you know, you mentioned it briefly, but for our viewers that don't know, you did mention you got lost last year. Talk about, like, how that happened and, like, kind of how that ended up. Just give a little recap of your 2021 race, you know, in short for short story form. Well, uh, I got lost for many reasons. One, I'm just bad at directions um, and just knowing where I'm at in general. I'm sorry, Jackson's giving me the play right now. Um, not done, but, uh, and I, I was kind of following a guy, um, ahead and he seemed very sure, um, that you were supposed to take a left instead of a right. It was right where the trail section had started. Uh, and I didn't know any better and he seemed very confident. So I'm like, I'm just going to follow you. And so then the group behind me also followed me. So it was a domino effect. Uh, we got lost. We added a couple extra miles um, on a, a pretty rocky uh, trail, and then it fit us back out at the bottom of um, pretty difficult climbs. So uh, my first ultra was great, but it was also I, I did all the, like the first time or mistakes. Yeah, Nick, kind of uh, going off like. The first time mistakes you kind of make in a, in a race, you know, I feel like we've all kind of had those moments. Uh, kind of talk about like, you know, what mindsets, like, uh, I guess like kind of what your thoughts are kind of hearing that. Yeah, I think it's, it's super common and it's really easy. Um, I don't think it, even just for first timers, anybody out there running on trails, it's really easy to get kind of locked in with somebody else. Um, and, and I, I think what we all do is we, we run for a little while and we're hoping to see a trail marker. And then we kind of get in our head and we're like, well, maybe there'll be one right up ahead. We'll go just a little bit farther and a little bit farther. And uh, unfortunately for Sarah's case, I think once they realized the mistake, it was, um, it was easier just to jump back on the course where they already knew and, and almost shorter distance just to go back that way rather than to backtrack um, to where, you know, and eventually I think Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of go back to the same spot, um, the same road that you're, or trail that you'd hopped off of. Yeah, exactly. It was just right at the, the bottom of a climb that we had just done. Yeah, no, that's a super tough point to, you know, get lost on race day. Um, but, you know, coming into this year's race, um, you know, I really want to spend, you know, a couple minutes here before we, like, do a deep dive on the races. I want to know so much about, like, your training leading up to this race for this year. Uh, you've done a couple different events, and, you know, we've highlighted a couple of those on different shows. Talk about how you use races to train for JFK and just kind of your progression as you went through 2021. Uh, so... In the summer of 2021, I ran Leadville, um, and that was quite the experience. It was my first time ever at uh, Altitude, um, which was a super fun, but also a shock, uh, shock to the system. And then I remember right after that race, I was in the, um, the airport. Sorry, Jackson's getting a little crazy. And uh, I was in the airport, and I texted Mike, and I was like, can I run JFK, like, this year? Like, I really want to do well at that race. So it was from the airport in Leadville, like, that I just started this plan. And, um, you know, 
different runs in the summer, um, just bigger long runs. But then I think it was about five weeks until JFK, I ran the Columbus half marathon, which is a completely different distance and race in general. Um, and I didn't really taper much for that. Um, just had more of a down week and I actually ended up uh, PRing in the half marathon. Um, and uh, so I kind of, that was almost like a confidence boost and a good training run um, leading into JFK. And I, um, I think I, I had a couple of my highest mileage weeks um, the month before JFK and I felt pretty good and had some good bigger long runs. So it, it all just helped build my confidence. And of course um, my strength and endurance, but more than anything, the five weeks leading to JFK, it was just a big confidence boost. Sarah, what do you think is the difference, you know, versus those, you know, several years post-collegially where you were training for the roads exclusively um, versus now? Is it is it volume? Is it specific workouts? Is it, you know, kind of more of a, a periodized um, training schedule or, or going from block to block um, or, or just confidence? What do you think it is? Uh, I feel like it's a lot more like focus on my long runs. Um, I'm spending more time on my feet. Uh, and I'm spending that time on the trail too. Um, I really, the biggest difference, and I have, I have done more high, like higher mileage weeks, um, than I have in the past, uh, longer, uh, strength workouts, um, rather than just like focusing on speed, although that's also incorporated, um, but just longer strength work workouts that I probably haven't done in the past, but mainly just uh, a lot of time on my feet that I haven't. I haven't done before. Talk a little bit about that. What, what you mean by strength workout too, because I, I think I know what you mean. Um, but a lot of trail runners, I think might think you're talking about weightlifting. Um, but talk, talk a little spe more specifically about what, what that means. Uh, just either, um, tempo runs, um, that are like 20 to 30 minutes or uh, steady state runs, um, that are 20 um, to 30 minutes and like maybe three sets of those. Um, and of course I do those on the Grandview Hills because that's, um, just about as hilly as it gets, uh, close to home and, and after work. Um, but uh, yeah, just more of a, a tempo based workout. Yeah, absolutely. That, those hills are great too. You know, especially they, they kind of mimic what the trails do in Ohio, or at least in the East, um, where they're just kind of going up and then you're going back down and then going up and then going back down. Exactly. And it's, like a mile away from my apartment. And so after yeah. working, I'm just trying to, you know, get my run done and, and um, get to bed at a decent time. It's, it's super nice to just pop over to the, the hills and go up and down a bunch. Yeah, no, going back a little bit, you mentioned that you do incorporate speed work as well. And our first chat question is going right off that from Eric Anderson. And he asks, how much speed work do you do in a normal week? Um, so it's almost like, um, like a period time, like when I first start a training block, I do a lot more of that um, VO2 max and the two to three uh, minute range of going um, pretty hard where I'm um, effort is, is high uh, and, and doing different things like that. So shorter and quicker at the beginning of the training block and then growing that, that time um, the time of the uh, interval gets longer and then the intensity might get a little less. 
And that just, that just gradually gets higher and higher until the last set of um, like the training block is more of that longer 30 minute steady state. Yeah, no, it's cool to kind of hear about your periodization and kind of how things kind of progress through your training block. Uh, kind of one question I have, and you know, a lot of trail and ultra runners uh, don't love doing, you know, as much speed work, you know, they just want to go out there and kind of do the long runs. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, obviously you've had success at, you know, taking your speed work very seriously in your training. Talk about, you know, the mentality of these workouts, you know, what tricks do you do? I know you have the background from cross country and track, but like, you know, if you could give a tip or, you know, mentality tip to someone who's super not like not excited to get out there on a Tuesday night and do a quicker workout what advice would you give them and to kind of get through it and um I just and I personally I love like the the feeling of the speed workouts and um that intensity um so that kind of gets me excited and just to see what like my body can do um and kind of like how I can get the pace down um, but just to stay motivated, because honestly, after work, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, there's times where I'm just, I'm struggling to get out the door and get started. And um, even after a warm up, I'm, I'm almost dilly dallying around uh, doing drills and just like trying to get myself like motivated to get started. And just knowing that, you know, if I if I don't do this, if I don't um, go out there with uh, a good effort, um, I'm not, it's not going to benefit me at all. Like I'm doing this like purely to benefit myself. And if I'm going to work um, to try to do well in these races, it's going to take those rough Tuesday or Wednesday nights that it's not going to be super fun, but it's, it's all about the big picture really. Yeah, no, that's an incredible perspective. You know, it's, it's, it's often, you know, not just one workout, but you know, it is kind of, you know, it's taking the whole training approach, you know, throughout the whole block. And so that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, you know, let's start our uh, JFK 50 deep dive for this year's race. You know, let's just start off, you know, before the race, you know, what was kind of going through your mind, uh, confidence level, what do you think about the field and some people that you kind of maybe have raced with last year, kind of just talk about what were the vibes like going into the race this year? Well, um, I saw the article uh, about the race and I kind of uh, did a little bit of research about who was going to be there and um, who everyone was. Uh, and also I knew a, a few people that have, were in the race um, the previous year. And I just knew that it it was it, there was a deep and um, like just talented field of women. Uh, and I so I knew that on any given day I could be in that top three spot or I could be anywhere in the top 10, like it was going to be a toss up. And that, that in itself is both exciting. And also, I mean, kind of scary, like the fact that like I could hit my goal of being in the top three, or I could be 10th. And I mean, in a field of women like that, like that's nothing to be upset about, but I mean, I would be upset if, you know, I didn't hit exactly my goal. So very exciting to be, pushed by those um those women and you know to be to have the goal of placing high but it, it was also kind of just scary so i knew it was gonna it was gonna be hard was it more of a feeling like you were jumping in um like ready to race whoever was going to be i mean i i think you, you know you have to run within yourself of course um but 
were you were you focused more on like thinking about what kind of splits you could run based on last year? I, I mean, I know your race didn't go perfectly all the way through last year, um, but were you thinking more about time and pace and splits, or were you thinking about just kind of stay in the mix? Uh, a little bit of both. So um, Mike and I had had a conversation, um, kind of about a race plan uh, prior to like I think it was on like the Monday before, and. Uh, definitely had some pace goals. Like you can split it up into about three different sections. You have that trail uh, section for the first 15. And then of course the long marathon ish distance and then the hilly back roads. So, um, I mean, I split my watch at those three sections just to see my pace and um, kind of had like a ballpark of this is what I was at last year at these sections. And Mike had broke down the race uh, for me and, um, this, you know, would be maybe a goal time to be at the 15 mile mark starting, um, the, the canal and then on the canal, maybe starting out at a certain pace and then trying to like work my way down. And then at that point, you know, the time to be at the road and also at the same time factoring in, like, I wanted to be in contact. Um, but also you never know what someone's going to do um on race day so you kind of have to have that time goal and also still knowing that you want to stay in contact so sometimes you have to tweak one or the other depending on the race yeah and so and so you're not going to say it but i'll say it so at what point did you realize that you were ahead of what mike was predicting for you and and kind of and what what was your mentality then um it was uh you know before the 15 mile mark um and honestly, I just, I try not to think about it. Like I, I was running with uh, one of the other uh, women and uh, I think we had like kind of chatted about the pace for a second. And she's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're quicker than the winner last year already um, at this point. And I was like, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be right now, but this is fine. I'm just, I'm just going to ride this out. I mean, I, I was still not, I mean, I wasn't in first or second at that point. Uh, so, and I, I felt clearly it was early in the race. I felt fine, but um, I just, I tried to not let that have a negative or like freak out effect, but it was pretty early on when I realized that. So kind of take us through what that was like, you know, you, you kind of hinted at it earlier, you know, running with that competitive field of women uh, at this race. But, you know, what spot were you at in the first 13 miles or so? Like, were you up at highest first or down as low as 10th? Like you kind of mentioned, like, where were you in the field and how did things kind of shake out in those first 15 miles? So when the race, um, I mean, when the, the gun went off or the start, uh, I, I started, I just wanted to be in a pack of women um, for as long as I could really. Uh, and there was actually a, a front pack and I was in the second pack. Um, but there was a couple, um, women ahead, um, from the start and then a good group of like four, four or five of us, um, going up that first climb and I kind of stayed with them. And then there was a few of us that broke off. Um, so I maybe was in like fourth or something like that. Um, going, into, I guess you could call it like a bike path before the trail. Um, and then going up the climb before you get to the trail, I found myself in first briefly. And that was the only time that I, I ever was um, going up that climb. And 
I kept telling myself I should not be here right now. I, but I like, I just got up the climb and then on the trail, um, kind of settled back in. And I think I, I really, I'm not sure who all was ahead of me at that point. Um, but I think I was in like a fourth, third, maybe on the trail. Um, and then when we got to the towpath, I was in fourth at, at the start of the towpath. So kind of like talk about like what, what was that feeling like, you know, kind of exiting uh, the trail section and hitting the towpath. Now you've got 26 miles here to kind of, I mean, it's the, it's the heart of the race for uh, JFK 50, I would say. Um, kind of talk about, you know, wh- how did you handle the early part of it? When did you decide to make a move that kind of eventually came and just kind of talk about those, that section. So on that section, um, when I first started it, I, the women, um, like the, yeah, I was in fourth. So the, the three women were kind of on in their own little group because um, I'm on the trail section. I actually fell and I hit my knee. So I ended up taking the last two miles um, kind of just easier and, and more cautious, um, which I lost that uh, contact with him. But I've tried to not freak out and, and have that affect me. I, you know, I thought just gradually try to catch up with um with the other group. And then I'm not sure what mile it was. Maybe it was around, um, the 25, 26, maybe it was even before when Sarah had caught up to me, um, at that point on, uh, the towpath and she had passed me. And then I was sitting in fifth, um, for a, a good while. And I was by myself and there was definitely a low point. Um, because I hadn't seen any of the other women, uh, up ahead for a while and I knew I was in fifth and I, you know, there was a moment where I'm like, I I mean, this just might be the place that I get today. Like I knew this is going to be, um, like a tough field. Like I'm just going to have to ride this out. Like I don't see anyone else and I don't see myself catching up to anyone. Um, so I think even like when I looked at my splits, I, there might've been a couple miles that were a little bit slower at that point. Cause I think that's where like mentally I got a little bit down and then, I, I kind of came, luckily I was able to kind of switch gears um, and just like tell myself, okay, well, I still want to be like really proud of the time that I run and you, there's still quite a bit of race left. Like I need to go and like something might have, someone's got to come back. At least one person's got to come back. And then it like, ha- everything happened just super quickly, like to the point where I was almost in shock. Like, I think it was mile 35 um, and I'm rambling a little bit because this all happened so quickly that I'm still trying to piece together exactly what happened. But uh, I think it was about mile 35 that I went from being by myself to, it was almost like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, there's three. Um, Yeah. It was three and four. And I'm like, okay, like do not try to catch them in 800 meters. Like, gradually do it and there was one mile that was a little bit quicker and even though I told myself I think I just got really excited and I kind of took off um and I caught up to them and then within the next mile I there was like second and I was again in shock I'm like okay do not sprint to catch this person you need to gradually get them um but my excitement took over a little bit uh and then at the last um, aid station where your crew's at, that's where I was in second. And 
just, I, I was just in shock. Like, I don't know what's happening. So I like, I like even hearing you explain it. You're just kind of talking about like fourth, third, second. And, uh, you know, for, for those listening, like those are, those are some pretty big ultra runners, uh, in our, in our realm that you're, that you're going past there. Um, you're, you're going past, you know, people who are, who are sponsored, um, trail runners and you're going past the likes of Devin Yanko, who's run a really fast time. And then of course, I mean, I know, you know, Sarah Cummings, um, from, from last year and she ran an incredible second half of that race. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, was she was with you when you made the wrong turn last year too? Yeah. 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 So, so, so that means, she, yeah. So that means she ran like what, like 25 minutes or so faster than you last year through yeah. the back half of the race. Yeah. Um, but, but I think as we learned that that didn't really happen this year, of course she was fast and she ended up winning, but, but, yeah. uh, you were, you were able to kind of stick with her. Was that going through your mind at all? Were you thinking about, you know, the other people, or were you thinking about them purely as just fourth, third, second, first? Um, I, I think it all happened so quickly that I was thinking about place. Um, it was almost like afterwards where that all like hit me a little bit. Uh, but I, it, it was one of those things. I'm, I was so like set on, I'm just probably going to get fifth for the day. Don't let someone else catch you. Maybe try to like catch someone else. And then all of a sudden it was like, I went from fifth to second and I'm like, I guess I'm here. Like, I don't know how this happened. Uh, so it was definitely placed at that point in time. Did you know at any point in say the final 13 miles or so, when you made that move into second place, how far up Sarah was at that point? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I saw her. Um, but I also know Sarah from the year before and I, I saw her uh, and I knew I felt, I felt good. Um, but I also, I, I mean, she was, she was moving in front of me. Uh, so of course, you know, like I was trying to push it, but, uh, not getting discouraged because like Sarah was moving. <laughs> so kind of take us through those last 10 miles there. I mean, you kind of mentioned you came off this, this high of, you know, passing everyone moving in the second place, but you know, how did you end up holding on and then kind of talk about that relationship between, you know, pushing, uh, to go for the win and then also not getting passed and blowing up at the end. Yeah. So when I got to, um, I got through the uh, canal and I got to the, the road, um, the hilly back road and, uh, I, I saw Sarah cause I mean, it's like windy and twisty. So you can see up ahead for a decent amount. And I saw Sarah, um, but she was, I mean, she was up ahead and I thought to myself, you know, like I'm, I'm going to push, um, you know, any, it, these are eight miles. Like it's not a whole lot of the race. Anything can happen. So I need to push, but I also didn't want to do something where I, I pushed too hard from, for like a couple miles and then just like the wheel where the wheels would fall off. And then I would lose that second spot. So I was almost like gambling with myself. Like how far can I push that? I know that I can still finish these last eight miles, hold second. And, but you know, try to inch myself a little bit closer just in case for some reason, you know, she maybe had a, a rough um, patch that last uh, road section. Um, but I, more than anything, I, I wanted to hold that second spot because I didn't know what was happening behind me. I didn't know how close anyone was. And I just did not want to have to um, come to a situation where the last two miles I was, 
feeling rough and like walking it in. Definitely. And kind of going off that, you know, take us through, uh, you know, the, what the finish kind of uh, finish went, meant to you, kind of the emotions that go into it, uh, you know, second place. When did it kind of realize that, hey, this is where I'm finishing uh, on my one year, you know, anniversary of kind of jumping into the trail and ultra running community? Uh, and I approve like a lot of race, most races. I, I never try to get like super excited about any place or time until... I almost like can see the finish line or at least I know like my body's feeling okay at the last mile like okay you can you can get a little excited now like um you're feeling okay you're gonna make it so I think it was uh the last mile um I was still feeling pretty good um my pace was um not dropping a whole lot so I was and I looked back a little bit and I I felt like I I had second so that's whenever um I I was just, I don't know, I was just so proud of myself um, because that's not something at the time wasn't something that I had imagined for myself, I guess, um, which kind of sounds bad, um, but just it wasn't the goal uh, for this year, at least. And um, to finish second, I think it was then um, that where I, I realized who all was in the race, that it wasn't just the place anymore. Uh, so just ultimately I was super proud of myself and also relieved that the finish um, was close by. And, you know, I just worked, like I, I pushed myself really hard for, for 50 miles. And I, it was almost like a, a, a pat on the back. Like you did this, you, you did it. You're almost there. Was there fist pumping tears? What was it like at the finish line? Uh, I think I would, you, I feel like, when you think about a race and uh, that you're about to run and you think about, you know, how you're going to finish, if you finish the way that you do and all the emotions that you would feel, um, or at least maybe this is how I get through some of uh, my dark, cold runs by myself after work. Um, just like trying to imagine myself in the place that I want to be uh, in the race and in that finish line feeling and how I would react. And it's nothing like how, I uh, like picture it like I think there's going to be tears and and all of like the fist pumps and really I'm just keeping, like some like really struggle smile because I'm so tired and like my hands are on my knees and I'm just I don't know kind of in shock like looking around like can I sit down um but it was all there like internally but physically what I was able to uh like react was uh, just a smile and, and a sit down on the ground. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that means you literally left it all out on the course. And, you know, that's uh, definitely admirable. Uh, you know, one thing we did see, you know, on social media was, you know, a photo afterwards with you and Sarah kind of talk about like, you know, the conversations you had or what the emotion was like, you know, having after what you guys both went through last year to kind of talk about like, you know, finishing one, two this year. Oh, it was, um, I mean, we had talked early on in the race, like, just we were almost trying to you know redeem ourselves for last year and uh she was at the finish line and just immediately as i finished um she gave me a hug and and i think that's what's great about like running and, and ultra running in general as you know you you're not just doing this like by yourself like during the race like you're out there and you meet people and it's it's just an emotional uh roller coaster that you're going through with other people as well 
and you're like battling this out like with others and you need those other people whether it's someone in front of you to push you along like you need those people to run the race or else we wouldn't have races so it's just nice to, to celebrate at the finish line with someone that um you know also felt the same way last year and, and kind of went through the same thing and this is one of the most historical 50 mile races um in the whole country and and if even probably one of the most competitive too outside of maybe maybe lake sonoma um and you and sarah were able to put down the second for her and the fourth fastest all time times on that course um talk about what that means to you and and have you done some research into some of those people that you ran faster than because they are legitimate runners i haven't really um like looked into that much but just being able to finish like and that wasn't something that i knew that i was doing until afterwards like announced it um but it just it gives me like confidence and also like hope and and it just really like fired up to um well sign up for another race soon uh and just it's exactly what i need to to almost I don't know. It, it's like a motivation thing um, to get me through again those those runs that maybe are a little bit harder um, afterwards. Just to think about something like this, that like I did this, like what could I do if I push harder or if I get through these like rough like tough days? Uh, so it's just got me fired up. A lot of those runners too. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not living in Grandview, Ohio either. So. Is that, uh, is that something you're thinking about at all? Um, you know, potential relocations in the future? I know Wes and I, Wes and I are, are already biased because uh, we're out here in the mountains. Going off of that, you know, I do want to mention, you know, Sarah Cummings did live in New York City for multiple years, you know, in her running career and then moved out to Park City and uh, kind of does what she does now. But is that, is that uh, in the works? I mean, I would love to. Like, I, if I was given an opportunity, I, I would love to move somewhere like that um yeah i don't i don't really have anything else to say on it other than that other than it's definitely not something that i'm opposed to i'll say from experience you you make that opportunity though we talked about this at leadville i, <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes you just gotta go too, like three-day notice like you know from experience like sometimes you just gotta just go out there yeah. <laughs> well, there's something to be said and respected too about, you know, being able to do it and uh, do it from more of a, f a pure fitness standpoint, like you're doing uh, living in Columbus specifically. I mean, even, even in Ohio, there are four or five other places I could think of that you could live, you know, that would be probably more advantageous to trail and mountain running specifically, but it's uh it's, a, it's impressive for sure. Thank you. And it, it, it does make it harder and I, it definitely is something on my mind how much easier and, and how much more fun it would be um to, to live in a place where there's like a playground out my back door um i mean I, I it does make it harder when i'm driving um on a long run day maybe an hour, hour and a half uh definitely worth it it's nice to to get um a different scenery but um, it's just it's a longer day. 
Yeah, so kind of like uh, changing the gears a little bit, you know, you back on Regeneres Live number 52, your most recent appearance, you know, you mentioned that you were in the best shape of your life and that the strongest that you've ever been since you started running. Uh, looking back on that statement now, you know, how does that change or uh, just what are your thoughts about that moving forward? Um, I feel like I am, I feel stronger than I did then, uh, which is exciting and I I just want to keep building on that. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm excited that even in other, um, like ultra running has helped in other um, races and, and distances as well. Like I, I ran a half marathon PR five weeks before, and I, I mean, I think that's from the strength that and the uh, endurance and all of the ultra type of training that I've been doing. Uh, so I'm just excited to see not only, you know, how the ultra running um, uh, excels and, and what can I can do in that, but um, just other like personal little goals um, of like a 5k time or like a half marathon time or, you know, little things like that, that um, are like personal to me too. Talk to you. Have any Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talk more a little bit about that. Like, cause I feel like, you know, was this a mindset that you were easily able to adapt once you like dove into the trail and ultra running scene? Because, you know, having that cross country and track background, you know, I assume that it was kind of like you were so focused on speed your whole life and, you know, going fast at these shorter distances. And, you know, you think like once you start running ultras, like, oh, I'm going to lose all my 5k fitness. I'm going to lose all my half marathon fitness. And, you know, this is a big uh, thing for a lot of people are concerned about, you know, kind of entering from the speed world into the ultra running scene. Uh, talk a little bit about how you manage that relationship in your running? Uh, so you definitely don't have to lose your speed. I, I feel like it, it, I feel like both complement each other. And I was just thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, so, you know, as long as you're, you're doing your, your workouts and in your speed work and you're incorporating all of that along with the trail running, you know, it doesn't have to mean that you're going to lose your speed. And I feel like almost like, physically as well. Like I, I'm getting more elevation and longer runs at, on top of, you know, a speedier Wednesday or something like that. But mentally for me too, it, it's so nice to not just be so laser focused on, I need to run this pace, this pace, this pace, this defines everything is running this pace or I ran this pace in a workout and, but I need to run this pace in a race and, and just trying being so laser focused on pace um, can almost drive you just like insane, uh, or at least for me. So it it's been so nice to to have a race where I mean, yeah, like like JFK, like there's all there's a lot of um, pace that you think about, but just trail running in general, you're not as much focused on pace. Um, it's more about effort, and then you know, you switch gears to the road and um, then you can think about your pace. Like I, I'm, I'm balancing that out really well where I'm enjoying running more and I'm, I'm just doing better in general. Like my, my half marathon that I ran, um, I ran it smart for me compared to how I've done um, that type of running before. And I PR'd and I, I don't think that's a coincidence from when I um, like, started uh, ultra running. I've PR'd in the half marathon and 
even in my turkey trot that I did, I, I ran my turkey trot the fastest I ever have. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And I think it's a great reminder for, for a lot of people, you know, maybe just getting started or, you know, having hesitations about kind of do, doing longer distances is they don't want to give up on the on the fast stuff when they're young. And, you know, I think you, you've especially proven that, you know, you can do both at an extremely high level. So um, that's been awesome to see. I kind of want to, you know, talk a little bit more about uh, what's next. I mean, year or two, it's going to be an incredible one. We already know. But, you know, what do you have on the horizon? And, you know, it's JFK year three going to happen. Talk, talk to us about what's next for Sarah Beal. I would love to return to JFK, um, depending on like where races are in general or, or like my training um, cycle, but I, I love JFK. So I, I thought about it as, as soon as I finished how I would love to come back and, and try to do this, this, and this like better or faster, um, which I should probably just focus on, you know, this race, right. You know, now, but I, I love that race. Um, but, um, so I decided I was, um, Mike's idea, but I quickly took to it. Uh, I'm running, um, a hundred K in Texas next month. So I'm just kind of training through and I'm doing that next month. And then after that, not sure what the rest of 2022 will look like, but that's how I'm going to kick it off. Yeah, I kind of heard that's a kind of a smaller race. Uh, you know, what what race is it, and uh, what's kind of the intention there? Going down to uh, Texas for a hundred k race. Uh, it, uh, I think I'm saying this right, uh, Bandura. Yeah. Uh, yep. I I don't. I'm just learning about this race because clearly I'm still new to all of this. But yeah, I'm I'm hearing that it's a really small race. So big race, and it's a flatter, um, not super. Black, uh, runnable race that you should speed. I, I'm excited for it. I'm just hoping that my legs can carry me just another month or so. Is it a golden ticket chasing? I mean, like, if you know, you, you go down there, you win the golden ticket. Are you, I'm assuming you're going to Western and that'll be your debut 100 possibly in uh, 2022. If, for some reason that would happen, which I, you know, I want to put myself up in it. Um, but I know that there's going to be a lot of really talented people there. So I, I don't want to overshoot maybe how I would do, but you know, I'm going to, I want to put myself up in it, but, um, yeah, if, if that were to happen, I would get ready for a hundred miler. <laughs> Yeah, no, that would be incredible. You know, Arlen Glick uh, did what he did at, uh, you know, his golden ticket race a couple a couple weeks ago. And, you know, it's cool to see another Ohioan. And, you know, the fact that we could have a couple of you guys, uh, Ohioans out there winning golden ticket races uh, to get into Western states is, is something that's truly special. Um, but if, you know, some crazy reason, you know, that doesn't happen or you decide, you know, Western actually doesn't fit in my calendar after I win a golden ticket. Uh, is there a hundred mile potential still on your calendar for 2022? Um, yeah, Mike actually just texted me and asked if I was interested in running a hundred miler, um, in 2022. And I said, I would be, uh, he wants me to possibly put in for the lottery of Leadville. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know. We're going to kind of plan that out soon. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And do you think that your experience, you know, doing the 50 there this past summer would, would bode well? And, you know, do you think that, you know, those lessons that you've kind of learned, like maybe you detect things a little differently or, you know, kind of go into it with basically the same mindset? 
Uh, maybe in the same mindset. I just wish that if, if it were to be possible to go out there a little bit longer, um, just because, I mean, it was, it was a shock to my system to try to run at altitude. It was probably one of the hardest things that I've done, but um, super fun. Just very hard to go out there the day before the race. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, kind of one of our uh, questions that was submitted to us before the show, and I, I kind of thought it was kind of interesting, you know, a lot of runners, you know, will get different, you know, workouts or long runs that kind of, you know, end up changing their goals on race day. You know, you feel super confident after a long run, three weeks out, and you're like, oh, I can take off another 10 minutes or so here or there. Um, did you have a workout or a long run like that that kind of made you reevaluate your goals going into JFK this year? Um. So I, I did have a workout that um, really uh, boosted my confidence. Uh, I wouldn't say, I mean, maybe kind of changed my goals a little bit. Like I feel like I can, I can do really well. I feel like I'm, I'm in, you know, good shape for where I'm at right now. Um, but uh, I don't know if it was maybe like three weeks. Uh, I think maybe possibly three weeks before um, JFK that I went to uh, the Shawnee uh, State Forest and. I did the hangover loop twice. Um, so it was about 25 miles and I had to work out like a steady, a couple, maybe it was just one steady state. Anyways, uh, I had a steady state um, in that uh, run and, and it, it went well. Um, I mean, I, I felt fantastic. It's the best that I, I felt at hangover. And, um, and then just being at hangover in general, um, doing that loop, that's actually where I came to do um, my, my visit whenever I was planning, you know, trying to see if I wanted to go to Shawnee or not. That was the first run I, I did with the team. Um, I don't know if that's the best recruiting tool because it was a hard, but for me it worked because uh, I, I loved that, but that, it's a little sentimental too. So there was a combination of how, you know, just being there and being able to run that loop a couple times. And then it just went really well. I felt, I felt fantastic. Um, so uh, I had a lot of confidence, um, but I will say with, with that, um, I had a lot of confidence that that went really well. That was at the end of a, one of the bigger um, weeks that I had in, in my career. And then um, the next week, it's so interesting how running goes. Like I, I had a pretty big high in confidence and w one of the, the highest mileage weeks. And then um, the next week I, I was, I was a little low cause I, I felt like, I felt the effects of that and um, my body, I mean, just in general, I felt pretty rough, pretty tired. Um, I, I felt like I was kind of slugging it through uh, some, some runs. So I, I kind of went from here to here and then race week, I felt better. So I kind of got back up here. So it almost leveled me out a little bit, but um, it's just interesting how we can go from here to here just within a couple of days, but also trying to, remind ourselves that you know that's just running yeah i mean there's so many confidence swings that just come you know whether it be in life or in training you know that kind of just happen on you know a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis you know sometimes on a monday you feel great for your monday mile the next monday you go out you feel like you never run before in your life so uh, yeah. you know i've been there multiple times before um kind of you did mention you know how important the shawnee trails have been in your development as a trail runner and just you know your whole you know running career you know how important those have been you know we don't have to put 100 and the shawnee forest in the same sentence you know we talked about 100 milers previously but you know the shawnee 50 is a race that is gonna take place for the years to come is this a race that interests you 
I mean, I, I would love to do it just because it's the Shawnee State Forest. But I will say I have a lot of fun um, working at the aid stations, too. Uh, so, you know, it, it would it would have to fit pretty well um, for me to. And that sounds so silly, but I love working the aid stations. I see a lot of people that I know, and that's really fun. But also it would be really fun to race, too. So I don't know how to answer that right now, but maybe. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know well, Nick. It, it runs into the JFK, you know, timing, I think a little bit too close right now, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So it's almost nice just to go there and and get get excited watching other people do well and, and working those aid stations. And I don't know, that's almost a good prep for me for JFK, too. It's just working the aid station. What, what kind of races are more attractive to you, Sarah? Like, what are you looking for? I know you're taking a lot of Mike's advice and, you know, I, I guess he's got okay recommendations, but, uh, but what, do you, what, what are you finding that you're drawn to about the races you're going to? I mean, is it all still just so new that you love it all? Or are you starting to find that you like, you know, certain styles and certain, um, I guess, vibe that you feel at races? Uh, so for the most part, it's been kind of just letting Mike take the wheel on this. And he says, this would be a really good one to do. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I love the JFK layout. Like I will say that's probably one of my favorite races. Um, just because you get a little bit of everything. Um, but I mean, other than that though, like I, I just like going to races, um, where there's like good competition and, um, and also, I mean, Leadville was fun because it was, it was Leadville and, and the views and, and um, that plays a little bit of role into it too, but mainly just, I, I would say the competition. Yeah. You probably saw a lot more people along the Leadville course too, than you're used to seeing in, in trail runs or trail races. Exactly. It was so much fun, except for it was really hard. Yeah, kind of going off that competitive races, you know, how you kind of are drawn to those. And, you know, I'd be remiss. And, uh, you know, someone also commented before this on social media, Mr. Brian Poland asked, you know, make sure you ask Sarah, is she going to return to the Super Bowl Trail Championships in 2022? Well, I'll have to um, talk to Mike about that one. <laughs> but uh, I love that race. So I'm, probably. it was fun. And it was also fun racing Mike. Yeah, Brian, I'll be there next year too. So just, just count on that as well. But uh, yeah, no, let's kind of dive into our quicker questions now that we kind of like to end the show with. And we did reach out to Ridge Runner Nation here for uh, some suggestions. And so this is the first time we kind of did this because you've been on the show so many times now. Uh, and so our first quick question actually is just along those lines. Uh, how does it feel to be the Ridge Runner's most, most frequent guest on Ridge Runner's Live? I feel very honored. <laughs> um, I think Jackson's, uh, um, he's going to have me beat soon. Uh, but uh, no, it, it's nice to chat with you guys. And, and it's fun um, just to to, uh, to chat and also the community and, and how how big um, Regeners uh, Nation has gotten. It's really cool. Yeah. And then it's kind of going off that, you know, obviously this is a perfect transition to the next question, you know, paper or plastic? Uh, paper? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, I, I love that. I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be a good one. This is uh, in a, why why paper? 
turtles? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turtles. Uh, so, uh, what was your favorite section of the JFK 50 miler? Uh, honestly, the, the last eight miles, I love the, the hilly, like country back roads. And then what is your least favorite section of that race? Um, probably the second half of the canal because the, the first half it's fine. It's fine. Like you can pick up the pace and then maybe even like the last like six miles, I'm just over it. And I'm like, I'm ready to see something new. I'm, I'm sick of this, like great flat, like I need something else. Um, yeah, the last six miles for sure. So we didn't even talk about this, but I'd, well, let's just take a minute or two to kind of dive into it. What was your nutrition like for this race? And, uh, kind of how did that hold up throughout the day? Uh, my stomach did great. Um, which I was, and I knew that if something were to go south with that, then it was just going to not be the best day for me. Um, but I had my spring, uh, my spring gels. Um, I had some tailwind in my, um, my handheld and, um, I, I grabbed some of the, the drinks along the way. And I only, um, I limited myself to, I think I only had one Coke, um, which last year I made the mistake of basically getting a Coke every aid station on, um, the canal. And that, that was another mistake of mine. So I told myself I was only allowed to have one, um, you know, the potato chips. And, uh, I think I had maybe three spring, um, uh, gels, which for me kind of less is less is more. Um, I know for some people hearing that I only took three, um, might seem kind of crazy, but the more that I have, the more it just doesn't sit well with my stomach. So I kind of have to have that good balance. But you took three on the first 13 miles of the race, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the first, <laughs> like two miles. Yeah. Like, not, not over the whole 50. That's, that's not possible. Right. No. I can, I can confirm there's a direct relationship with the amount of cokes you consume during a race and your finishing time. <laughs> they both go up at the same rate. Yeah, yeah. I realized that last year. Uh, it tastes so, good. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It just doesn't sit well with your stomach at, at mile 40. Another I'm guessing some of those later aid stations, though, you were going pretty pretty quick through those because um, it was a little bit more urgent at that point. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did make a quick stop at the last, um, at the last cruise station. Um, but not for very long, unlike last year where I, I stopped and, and took my time. Um, but at that point I was like, I gotta go, like I, I've gotta go. So I honestly, the last cruise station, um, I don't know if this is kind of stupid, but I just, I ditched my handheld. I'm like, I'll be fine. I just need everything out of my hands. I just need to go. Yeah, no, that's great. So you have a favorite aid station throughout the, on the course? At this All race? the aid stations were super fun. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, maybe that last cruise station, uh, just because I know I'm almost done with the canal. And, um, you know, the next time that there's a pretty big crowd is going to be the finish. Uh, so it's, it's exciting. And then another final quick question to wrap up tonight's show is, uh, what is your go-to training snack and then also race snack as well? Like training snack as in, I guess like during a run, like, yeah. 
during a run. I mean, I really like spring during a run. Before a run, it's really a toss-up. I'm a big fan of hummus and um, pretzel crisps. I don't know if this is actually a question asked, but, you know, I just throw this out there, too. Um, sometimes um, a piece of chocolate um, before I head out the door. It's really oh, it's a big toss-up. And then what was the other question? Uh, during and after. During Oh, after. After is definitely tacos. Hands down. Tacos are a burrito. And Jackio's. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> I have one quick question for you, too. Mm-hmm. Super shoes or no super shoes? Like during the race? Yeah. Or in general? Just to race with. Oh, I mean, I didn't wear um, – I wore, like, the Saucony flats during this race. Um, but for my half marathon, I did wear the super shoes and I will say there's, a- we, we caught that photo. <laughs> I know it was very uh, bright and, uh, in everyone's face that, uh, I wore the super shoes for that. But, um, yeah, I will say, I mean, they definitely, um, have, they're definitely help. Like, uh, I feel a lot better going a certain pace that I wouldn't necessarily feel the same with, with a regular flat, but that's either here nor there. <laughs> Nick Voss is coming in asking the gear questions. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you again so much for joining us tonight. You know, it was incredible to kind of hear of your race recap and, you know, what your, what 2020 kind of was or 2021, excuse me, was for you. Uh, obviously so many incredible performances and we're excited to see what you do next year. Uh, good luck at Bandera. You know, it's going to be awesome to kind of follow you along all day. And, uh, you know, we're going to be pulling for you to go out there and absolutely win a golden ticket and toe the line next year at the Western States 100. We cannot wait to see it happen. Uh, thank you again for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, we'll see everyone next time. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning into another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation. Oh, 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 oh,